Welcome to The Digital Change, a production of the Innovation Podcast Network. This podcast discusses key insights into the digital disruptions that are taking place in all sectors. Learn from industry experts on how you can capture and harness the value of this digital economy. Now here's our host, David Swank, CEO of the Innovation Platform. Well, welcome again to another edition of the Digital Change Podcast. Uh, we're glad that you joined us again today. And today we have with us uh, again, Dr. Tim Coburn. And uh, Dr. Coburn, again, welcome to the Digital Change Podcast. Thank you. Uh, we've had with us at least twice now, uh, Dr. Coburn, who uh, is really an expert on advanced analytics, big data. And so we're always very fortunate to have you come in and Thank you. share some of these key insights. Happy to be here. Well, uh, we're going to today really kind of uh, talk further uh, from a discussion we had a few weeks ago as we were talking about algorithms. And at that time, you, uh, Dr. Coburn, talked a little bit to us about uh, modeling or models. And I know that's a term that, you know, we use in a lot of different ways. And like a lot of language, we, you know, we misuse a lot of words, it seems as though, especially in this new era of digital because it's so easy to um, really lose sight of, of the meaning of a word. And I know for the, the innovation platform, we talk extensively about innovation platform being a business model, model yeah. a, a model <laughs> itself. And so today, we're really looking forward to Dr. Coburn really kind of unpacking what we mean by a model, especially as it applies to, to analytics. I will, you know, start out also, Dr. Coburn, sharing with you, we've had multiple discussions with various clients in regards to this really broader context of the digital economy and uh-huh. smart everything, and yes. digitization of everything. And one thing I think is interesting that I th- we're hearing more and more is that individuals are starting to have a greater, deeper appreciation for why smart is important. In other words, that it's not really about a technology as much as it is insight. And I think today that what you're going to be doing is helping us better understand how models lead yes. to greater insights. So with that said, um, I would really like to start off that just asking you, can you help us define what a model is and how or why it is different from an algorithm? Sure. We'll, we'll try to do that. So, so um, this term model, and we might even use the word modeling in there as well, or two model, these are... These are widely, I think, misused terms. Uh, it's all about semantics. But in this age of analytics and data, some, some degree of precision and accuracy really is required, or we get ourselves kind of discombobulated about what this is. And I think you know, we, we use the word to model, or we're going to produce a model, and, and we don't know if that's a, a noun or a verb or wh- whatever it is. There's, there's some discombobulation, I guess you might say, about what these terms Mean. In fact, just last night I was reading a report that one of my good friends wrote, and he asked me to review it for him. And every other word was model or algorithm, model or algorithm. And I wrote him a note back and said, "What does all this mean? I don't. I'm I'm lost." So <laughs> that's that's kind of how that that goes. But you know, Dave, we talk about models and in, in weird ways in our lives. You know, we you know, we refer to people sometimes as being models, and we refer to to model airplanes, and uh, you already mentioned business models. 
So we use these words in, in various forms, and um, they have interesting meanings sometimes. So, it, but in analytics, they have a different kind of meaning, perhaps. Well, you know, Dr. Corbin, I, you know, coming from the utility sector, uh, you do a lot of modeling. Yes. You know, you're, you're modeling um, actually to, to, to build infrastructure to serve a particular facility, uh, building, industrial, or whatever. You know, one of the things I hope today we can, you can help us with as well as we think about modeling is just how uh, we're, we're such creatures of habit and nature that a lot of the models that we have created today are probably not models that are built on analytics or data as no. much as they were assumptions. Right. And I'm afraid that many of, of or much of what we're investing in today is still built on models that are that are not using data at the level that we'd be talking about. So yeah. can you can you, when we think about big data, the need for that, how it changes our modeling, I think it would be very advantageous. Yeah, this gets us back to this what you've heard me say before about this evidence-based culture about using data, actually, to construct a model uh, that we can use. So a model, I would say, is a faithful representation of reality or of the truth. It's not reality. And back to my example, you know, an individual, a, a man or a woman that we regard to as a model, we have this picture of them, but they're not reality. That's what they're like in real life, you know. And um. And a model airplane, it's not an airplane, it's, it's a representation of the airplane. So a model, I think, is what I term as a faithful representation of the truth, of reality, for useful purposes. You know, and you know, it's famously said, you've heard this term, I'm, I'm sure, uh, that all models are wrong, but some are useful. You know, we, uh, we attributed that to a well-known analytics guy, George Box, from University of Wisconsin, uh, but... But in the big data arena, models help us synthesize reality and bring things together and help us see things in ways that we weren't able to see them before. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Carmen, as you talk about evidence, because, you know, we think about this digital economy and it's disruptive. Yes. So we have major disruptive forces that are coming at us. New technologies that are exponential, that are emerging every day. These technologies are emerging I can't help from thinking that that means our models are broken. And would you know help help us a little bit talk about you know when we think about big data analytics, really it is about using those that capability of big data and analytics to start proving evidence for making changes in our models. What's your thoughts in regards to that? So first of all, I think we use models because we don't want to mess with the real system. You think about a about a power plant or a utility or a, a generator or an oil field or something like that. We don't want to mess with that because there's risk involved. Uh, there are safety issues involved. There's cost involved with that. But if we can think of a model, a way to synthesize uh, that, then that allows us to, to simulate or do experiments, you might say, uh, to, to turn the knobs a little bit on ways we wouldn't be able to, and these would be uh, more cost-effective and, and more secure than doing the real thing. We don't want to mess up what we've already got going there. So in the, in the age of big data, we have all this information flowing in. All of a sudden, just take a power plant, for example, and all this data coming in, we don't want to shut the power plant down. We can't do that. We can build a model to synthesize that data to see how it changes our operations or changes the bottom line 
or maybe even changes the assumptions as we go forward. Um, and, and that's very important. Yeah. Well, you know, we in Innovation Platform, Dr. Coburn, we talk a lot about smart communities, mm-hmm. smart places being real estate developments, commercial, right. industrial, and and smart buildings. And we know that today that, you know, IoT and, you know, the grid edge technologies are transforming each and every one of those I just mentioned, communities, places, buildings. And so when you think about modeling that you're speaking of, talk to us a little bit about what, how you see that transition happening. What, what are some things that would need to take place in order for that transition to come about? And I think it really is a, more of a realization about um, kind of getting our hands around the data itself uh, and, and why, that's, why the data is important and, and, and what the impact it likely will have. A model is nothing, you know, kind of in the analytic standpoint, a model is nothing more than an equation or a set of equations. It's all about math and computing as opposed to a picture or a, or a visualization of some kind. And so we've got to think about math. We've got to, put, we've got to be able to put that data in a, in a computational uh, expression of some kind or a format to be able to use that. But once we are able to synthesize all that data, that will certainly have an impact on how we change um, a building, how the building responds, how a community responds, how vehicles respond. Um, but it's the synthesis of all that data together in a way that describes that data or characterizes that data that can then be used to help us make better decisions. It's all about decision-making and about the bottom line. Are you seeing models changing in your, in your perspective, Dr. Coburn, where we're seeing old models being replaced by new models, or are you seeing that people are really still trying to use the old models and tweak them around the edges? I mean, and I'm is seeing that both. Capable? Yeah, I'm seeing both. Uh, Clearly, the, 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 new, the new data, I'll use it that way, that we, we're seeing, these volumes and varieties of data we're seeing coming in, that's structured and unstructured, they're forcing us to change the model. They're forcing us to think differently about how we, how, what's the end game we're trying to get to. And so the model really is an, is an expression of the end game we're trying to get to, so it's forcing us to do that. But still... Is that we've got a lot of infrastructure and assets that are running, and they're running well for what they're designed to do, and we just can't quit doing that. So we're trying to tweak those as best we can, while at the same time trying to build new things that might describe them better or show us how to operate things better. I heard a quote once, that it's like trying to build a plane and fly it at the same time. Yes, absolutely. And, it is. Exactly in large like part. Well, t- describe for us, if you would, how... Are models used in big data analytics? So models, as I've already alluded to, are, are as I get, are, are basically e- equations or sets of equations. You know, they're computational constructs, um, and they're used to predict or they're used to describe things. That's the two basic ways we're thinking about them. You might want to uh, predict uh, how much electricity is going to be used next month by the city. Uh, you might want to predict the price of oil. You might want to predict the stock market price. So you're looking, you're forecasting, or you're projecting to the future. So that's the that's a primary way to use models. But another way to use models is really in a descriptive way, and we might say to characterize something. So we want to. I, I'm using this power plant example a lot, but we want to characterize a power plant and the way it operates. You want a way to describe that, and there are lots of big, huge computational models that do that. And the same thing with refineries. 
these big linear programming models that run refineries. Um, and, and so that's the kind of the basic distinction. You're either describing something or characterizing how it operates, or you're trying to predict in the future. That gets us into the analytics piece because we talk about descriptive analytics and predictive analytics and prescriptive analytics, and so you can kind of see how those models are going to fit in those various buckets uh, for usefulness there. So <clears throat> models and algorithms are, are really linked together yeah. at some level. Um, but how would you describe the correlation or relationship yeah, sure. between a model and an algorithm? Great question. So and that kind of gets us back to what we were talking about. You know, I previously talked about algorithms and, and algorithm being basically a recipe. And so they are very, very closely linked together. They both use inputs and outputs, but the operations are different. And the, and the best way I know to describe the difference is to use a, um, an analogy. And these are analogies that are not unique to me. They're out there. But, you know, often we hear this analogy of a, of a, a Coke machine, you know, a vending, a vending machine in the hall. You go out there and you put some money in this machine, drop your money in the slot, you push a button, and out comes a can of pop or a Coke. And so that's kind of like a model. You've got an input and an output. But what you don't know is an algorithm is running behind the scenes there to figure out how much money you put in, was it the right amount of money, how then to respond to your, what you dropped in the coin box, how to give you back change in what denomination. So that's the algorithm part going on there. It's the, it's the instructions behind the scenes that are making all that work. There are inputs and there are still outputs, but uh, that's kind of the difference. Yeah. You know, when I think about what you're sharing here, Dr. Coburn, it really gets back to, you know, how important it is for an organization to uh, understand how to get to what we would call advanced analytics, mm -hmm. to get to that point where we really can run algorithms. Right. And we talk a lot about, you know, the, the necessity of structuring data. Right. Evaluating right. data, yeah. structuring data. If you were to kind of put, uh, you know, kind of in process for an organization to think through, in other words, my end game, I want to get to where I can do modeling mm -hmm. that leads to putting algorithms in place that allows me to do more predictive analytics and so forth. What would be that, that kind of process that you would see an organization walking through? I think uh, kind of first off there is is – trying to get the data in shape, <laughs> number one, because no the quality of the model and the algorithm is going to be based on the quality of the data. It's, it's, you can't have garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. So you've got to get the data structured, you've got to get it in the right format, it's all got to align, the semantics have all got to be right, the data objects have all got to be right. That's, that's down in the weeds. There's a lot of weed gathering and weed trimming <laughs> that has to go on. But once the data is there, then you can build a model and if I can just say this, if we have the option of building a model as opposed to an algorithm, we'd always, we would always prefer the, the model because it's kind of a closed form. It always gives you the right answer, whereas the, the algorithm is more of a recipe and takes, takes more time. There's more steps involved. And the reason we have algorithms is because we can't write down a model that, that's all-inclusive enough or it characterizes the situation more enough. But, but really, the structuring of the data... I don't know how to emphasize that too much. You've got to have the right stuff going in the front. 
Well, and, and I think it's at some level it leads to a misunderstanding between business intelligence. Absolutely, and, yes. And, and what we would call advanced analytics. And Right. I mean, could you kind of share with our audience a little bit what the variation between those two? Yeah, so that's a great question. And, uh, and, and what I'm going to tell you is not universally true, but it's, I think, mostly true. The way I think about it is I think of business intelligence as being more retrospective and more descriptive. So I'm always looking at what's happened already, and I'm trying to figure out why that's important to me. Uh, even a dashboard, if you can think about a dashboard or a BI dashboard, that's telling me what's already happened. And I'm, looking, I'm responding to what's already happened. I'm making a decision. But in analytics and predictive analytics, I'm looking at the future. I want to know how to move my business to point, point D or E or F down the road uh, based on what I'm seeing and to predict what's going to come out. So I think that's the basic uh, distinction between the two. Well, I think it comes, not, not not universally, but yeah. Well, and that comes back, I think, to your earlier point about you know reality. I think it, you know it's so important today that organizations, communities, uh, enterprises really understand the variation between business intelligence because I think a lot of times we're calling business it's all about intelligence. Semantics, yeah, yeah it's, it's all about <laughs> semantics. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, kind of a, a, one final question here. You know, because I, I, I think it's an important question. How would you characterize the overall objective of modeling and its benefits? Well, I think the modeling modeling piece of it really is um, to be able to get to an answer. I, and 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 I, I I like the predictive side of it. You know, I'm I'm trying to find. Uh, you know, answer questions, make decisions about about problems, and so that model. If it's done right and done well and done on good data, then I, I have faith in that. As I said, it's a faithful representation of reality. Then I can believe that and go forward. And that's what I'm trying to get at all the time. Uh, I could say that for algorithms as well. Uh, but the model, really, the benefit of the model is to be able to say with, with a definitive answer response that this is what's going to happen in the future. With the plus or minus some, some spread, obviously. But you're trying to be able to hang your hat on something and make a decision on that for the business, for the bottom line. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Coburn, when I started my career, I started my career in doing energy audits, energy mm -hmm. yep, management sure. for residential commercial buildings. And, you know, a large part of what we would do is we would do heat loss, heat gain analysis mm -hmm. sure. and right J calculations, yep. which basically was saying what's the demands of that home or that right. building. And in turn, you would model that to understand, you know, what that mm -hmm. demand required of a quote, utility, whether right. that be water, gas, electric, and so forth. And again, today, when I look at what's happening in the world of uh, buildings and homes where not only we see this, this proliferation of technologies that are changing load characteristics, right. changing how a home and a building operate, how ultimately that's changing the modeling at the utility sector, whether that's transportation, gas, electric, water. It's all sequential. It is. And I think that uh, ultimately there's going to need to be a real evaluation of how we are modeling on both ends. And I would call it, you know, in front of the meter and behind the meter. Yep. And so what's, what's your kind of thoughts on that? And what, what is it going to require for us 
you know, as a society, as those who are working on one side of the meter or the other, to really begin to create models that are more what I would call convergent models, where we mm-hmm. begin to converge data and look at that as one model versus disparate models. I'm not sure I have a great answer for that, Dave. It's a, it, it is sort of an educational process, to be honest with you. We're all learning our way through all this stuff. We're being hampered because we've got so much data coming at us all at one time. And technology is going so fast, um, it's going to take a lot more collaboration and a lot more uh, talking among ourselves. We, we have to get ourselves out of these, these business silos we've had, these operational silos we've had in the past, and talk across that, across that meter boundary, you might say, <laughs> to be able to collaborate there and, and, just, and look at it from different perspectives and think about what we're trying to get at. It's, it requires a whole different way of thinking than we've had in the past. Dr. Coburn, I shared last week in, in our podcast, we were talking about, you know, digital planning. And one of the things we were talking about is, is you know, new financial investments. And Navigant came out with a report called the Energy Cloud 4.0, and it really challenged the, the reader to say, what business are you in? Are you an asset builder? Are you a service provider? Are you a technology creator? Or are you a network orchestrator? And, you know, it really talked about the value of being a network orchestrator, basically orchestrating change, orchestrating collaboration. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really do believe today that more organizations, especially in our communities, need to take on that role. And, and, And really, I think it's the lifeline of a lot of our, quote, rural communities that someone become that network orchestrator mm-hmm. that begins to create these opportunities. I think it, in, 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 and I guess I share that with you because I think as you and I sit here today and talk about, you know, data and models and so yeah. forth, at the heart of it is our economy. Right. It is. But, and, but these ideas about data and, and analytics actually become the tools of the navigator. They're the things that the, the, the various pieces, because numbers are numbers. You know, three is three. And that somehow gets at the hub of things. And if we can all kind of use the same hub and spoke off the hub and collaborate there, the navigation will follow. Uh, but it does affect our economy. And, it, and, it, and if we don't get our hands around that quickly, then we're going to be suffering yeah. from that. But Dr. Coburn, we definitely need individuals like you who uh, make these connections. I, I don't, again, I'll remind our audience that, you know, much of your career has been energy management yeah. and, and doing energy management. And, and it really is a pleasure having you on our podcast to, to really make these links because, uh, again, much of what you've done in your career and looking at energy management, you've, you, were, you were pioneering data before it was cool. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Big data before it was cool. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, but your, your voice, uh, your, your influence in, in terms of helping people understand the uh, impacts of this is, is very well, much thanks. valued. Appreciate it. And so we are going to continue to engage with yeah, uh, Dr. Coburn. More. Uh, he's working with us on multiple fronts, and we're looking forward to continuing to engage. And, and our hope would be is that in the future you'll be able to hear a lot more from Dr. Coburn about these very important subject matters. So thank you again, Dr. Coburn, for being here today. You're welcome. Anytime. And uh, thank you to our audience for joining us again on the Digital Change Podcast. And we hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to talk about digital disruption as we continue to talk about uh, achievable uh, solutions, impactful results, and meaningful experiences. 
Do you have questions about the digital transformation or want to share your experiences in the digital economy with the Digital Change team? Then reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram at IPSmartBuzz. Or by filling out the listener feedback form at globalinnovationpodcast.com. And if you like our show, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.